Okay, good evening, everyone. Thank you for coming. So last week, we ended abruptly in the middle of a sugya. I got carried away discussing the french fries, so it got late early. So the case that we were discussing was the following. You have a stovetop. Actually, someone just called me right before the share. Very similar question. They actually uh, put a piece of corn wrapped in foil on a flesha grill, and this corn was milchik. So it was cooked in a milchik pot with butter. So not such a simple question. Not such a simple uh, sock. But anyways, you have a, a common case, so we'll see. Some things that we learned today, we'll, we'll touch upon that question. We won't answer that question, but the case that we mentioned last week is a common question where you have a stovetop and you have two different pots cooking at the same time and a piece of meat, or we'll call it a drop of meat soup, falls on the pot of, of milchex, and the question is what happens. So we would have assumed... You have 60 times of, uh, you know, you'll have a, a dairy soup. You have a cream cream of broccoli soup, a dairy soup. You'll have 60 times of that against a small droplet of chicken soup that's sprayed on it. However, we said not so fast. Not so fast. It's not so simple. And we'll see there's a surprising halacha, and we'll see how exactly we paskin in this situation. So the crux of the shaila is when a drop of, when a tipa, tipa means a droplet, a droplet of water or of moisture falls onto a, a keli, does the blia spread or does it simply stay where it is? Does the entire keli now get the taste of that droplet? So we went to Kachim, Gemar and Zvachim, dealing with Neisar. So there is Zvachim that Tzadi Bava is brought a Pasuk. We'll say the Pasuk again. The Pasuk says, a klicheres, asher Yishaver. If you use the klicheres and you use the you, you cook the carbon chatas in a klicheres, which means a pottery uh, earthenware keli, so we, we cannot kasher earthenware. So you have to break it. Yishaver, you have to break it because if you let if you let the blia stick there, the absorbed taste becomes nicer and it's aser. So therefore, you have to break it. That's the only way to kasher it. If you cooked it in a clean in a copper keli, which means a metal keli, you could kasher it. So the pasuk concludes, You have to do mariko ushtifa, which for our purposes means kashering. You have to kasher it to get rid of the blia of nicer leftover uh, taste from the carbon chatas. So that's the gemara regarding nicer. The gemara assumes. And the Gemara talks about this, that even if only part of the keli was used to cook the carbon chatas, you have to kasher the entire keli. And the Gemara asks, is this a special din by Kachim, that Mariko Shtifa has to be done on the entire keli? Or is this simply, we'll call it scientifically, in the Yaradea lab, is this how bleas work? That bleas touch the outside of a pot and it gets absorbed into the entire pot, it spreads into the entire pot. That was the Gemara's kasha. It's simply a din of kachim, and has nothing to do with our sugya of Asubachala, of Yaradea. Or is this the way Blias travel? That's the Gemara's question. Abaya has a clear answer. He says, no, it's only a din by kachim. The other Amiram bring different terutzim. Rava, they're all types of terutzim. They don't you know, uh, argue with him outright, but they have a different terutz to reconcile the Gemara's stira, which we got into last week. And we're left with an inconclusive Gemara. Abaya was conclusive, but Abaya wasn't the final word. Do we say this is a din of Kachim, or do we say this is a, uh, a din in Yaradea that Ablia travels when it, when it touches the outside of the pot? 
So we have three main shitas, three main uh, Rishonim that are quoted in the Torah and the Besoysif, and we'll see how they learned the sugya, and we'll get into how, how, how it lends itself to Halacha Lamaisa. So the first opinion is that of the Smag. The Smag says, we have to be choshish, we have to be concerned to the other Amiram that argue on Abaya, and we have to assume that this is how Bliyas travel. That the way Bliyas travel is that you have a droplet falls on the outside, it travels into the entire Kali. Now, when you see that, that's, that should be fine. That's not a problem. Let it travel all at once. It's only a droplet. It's, what is it? It's point, uh, point oh 0.01 of an ounce. I don't even know what, what, what a droplet is. I think it's point, point oh 0.05 milliliters. That's the uh, scientific definition of a droplet. So I definitely have shishim in my pot. I have a huge pot. I shouldn't have any problem with it. Everything should be fine and dandy. However, there's a very big concern, and this is coming from what we learned the previous two, three weeks, and that is the halacha called chanan, chati chanas novela. And let's assume this is what happened. You have a, uh, a drop of, we'll call it chicken soup. It falls, it, gets, it sprays onto the side of a pot, and that pot has dairy soup, cream of broccoli soup. Now, that droplet falls onto the wall of the keli. It goes into the wall, the taste goes in, and it spreads, let's say, one inch by one inch. We're just giving a mathematical you know, dimensions. And you don't have 60 times of the blia in the wall against this droplet. So what would happen? You have milchiks and fleishiks coming together. That's called bishul basabachala. That small area becomes chaticha nasa So now I have not just one droplet of iser, I have, let's say, 59 times that droplet of Isser. Okay. Subsequently, it keeps spreading, and it spreads even further out, and, and more and more. And the person might say, well, hold on. Shouldn't we just need 60 times 60, which we'll talk about in a minute what that means? But according to the smog, there's a sequential spreading. So to say, at least we should be concerned that this is what happened. As it hits the side of the pot, it spreads up to 59 times its amount. Makes it Asr because he didn't have Shishim. Then it keeps spreading. Eventually, it, it takes up the entire pot. You have a blia of Basr B'chalav. And now it ruins the soup as well. So we thought it was a simple, you know, open and shut case. Bittal B'shishim, I have a huge camp soup. We're making a cream of broccoli for uh, after Tishaba of Osvast. And we're making this huge soup for camp. And a small little drop of chicken soup falls on the side. It ruins the whole thing. If you ask someone at Riddle, how can I have a small little drop of chicken soup? Asser, a huge 50-gallon uh, pot. And here's the answer. Even though you have shishim, the problem is it's chanan. Chati chanas nevela tells me that I always need shishim against the entire iser. And as long as I never had bitol, the droplet went into the keli. It, it went up into 59 times its amount. And it keeps going and spreading. And it would end up asering. That is the shita of the smog. So we asked, why don't you have 60 times 60? But the answer basically is that it's sequential, which doesn't really fit with what we've learned previously. We learned that you have to have the, the, the paras to cool off. We learned many different halachas regarding chatichanas and novela. We spoke about a droplet of milk falling on top of a piece of meat. And and if, if, uh, if it were kept on boiling and never cooled off, there's no there's no uh, next blia. It's all one, considered one, 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 uh, one pot. But either way, that's the shita, the smog. That's our first shita. It's very machmir. And you could have a drop of milk answering the entire pot. Okay, so far, so good. You don't really have to say 59. It's, it's one into one. 
Right. It's always making one one and, and it just keeps correct, on going. Correct. Up to fifty nine. Right. We assume it didn't go it'll up never, to sixty. It'll never be because the fifty nine will always be will always be correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Be, it doesn't have to be. So it'll never be fifty nine. Right. But yeah, it's just an easier example. You have less multiple, <laughs> but yeah, it will still, still be. Uh, you're right. It'll be the same thing. Okay. Comes along the Maram me Rotenberg, famous uh, Poisik, Ashkenazi Poisik. He was the uh, the Rebbe of the Rush. He famously was uh, was put in jail. And uh, he gave Shear in jail. The rush got scared. He was next after Marami Rotenberg passed away. So the rush ended up moving to France. He was Ashkenazi Paisik for uh, Sephardic Shekila. He had many interesting. Uh, sorry, he moved to Spain. He had, he had interesting, uh, interesting chuvas from the from the rush. Anyways, the uh, he says like this. He says, "We're not really sure how exactly this works because the Gemara was inconclusive. Didn't say." The Ablias do travel in Kalim. It definitely travels by Kachim when it comes to the Kalim of Kachim, Mariko Shtifa, but I don't know if that really applies in my kitchen, and I'm not sure. And he says like this, we have a suffix. What's the suffix? The suffix is, does it travel? If it travels, I'm going to assume it travels, you know, a certain amount, but only travels twice. What does that mean? It travels uh, when it hits the pot. And it it probably let, let's assume it asters up until sixty times that amount, okay, and then you it will aster another sixty times its amount. But if I have thirty six hundred times the drop, there's no problem. So what does that mean in halachic terms? So we agree that there's a concern it's going to travel. When it travels, it has one of two options. Either it's going to travel throughout the entire pot, throughout everything, and it'll be batal. Or you're going to say, no, it didn't travel so far. It only traveled a certain amount. And it traveled less than 60 times its amount, thereby asering a small part of the keli. We'll call it one inch by one inch of the keli became aser. So what are you concerned? That it's going to keep spreading. There's going to be a second spreading. So the Maram Rundberg says, okay, if there's a second spreading. It's going to spread to everything. And therefore, as long as you have 60 times 60 of the original drop, it's mutter. Because worse comes to worse. In worst case scenario, it asked up until 59 times its amount. Because if, if it's, the initial spread was up until it was, it was more than 60, the initial spread, it would be bottle. So it, it, at, at worst, it asked up until 60 times its amount. That became Chatikha Nasa It could subsequently answer another 60 times its amount, but that's it. It's not going to spread 10 different times. It's going to spread twice. One into the wall of the keli, that initial hit, and then a subsequent cooking is going to spread more. But as long as I had 60 times 60 of the drop, it's mutter. Now, it sounds like a scary number, 3,600 times. The Chassam Surfer does his math. He says it's, it's, a, it's a four revias, which is about 12 ounces. If you could do the scientific uh, in the lab, it's a little less than that. Maybe eight ounces would be uh, 3,600 times a, a drop. You can look online. 0.01 milliliters. It's not a lot. If you're cooking a, a soup, even if you're warming up, you know, leftovers from Shabbos, you probably have seven ounces. So in most cases, the Marama Rodenberg would be makele because you have 60 times 60 of that. And are, are, we say, are we saying that that drop of soup is fully is fully considered basa? It, it, is that? Or it's a good question. It's a good question. Maybe it's, maybe it's not a great case because you're right. Maybe it's maybe it's uh, there's water in there and that's not called chatichanas uh, nevela. But um, but that that would that would uh, wouldn't really oh, make the number a little bit maybe or lower maybe. Than, lower than. either way the 
the soup, which part? The drop that came out? The drop of soup that hit the pot. You're right. It's not even a full drop. It's a half Who a drop. Who said it's a full drop? In economy. The, so you're right. right. What's, what's spilling? The oil is spilling? Or, or right, it depends, something. yeah. Hundred percent. That itself is a very small amount. For sure. Right. Yeah. If, if it was if it was a shumon, let's say you took uh, you took ribs, right, and you uh, you cooked it very slowly, and then, and it, it simmered in its own juice. So that liquid, that's basar mamish. So in ekanami. But let's say you had a chicken soup with water in it, and that drop went onto the pot. So for following the Maram and Rutenberg's math, you need thirty six hundred times that amount. You don't really need thirty six hundred times that amount because. The droplet is not real buster. It's only 20% buster, 20% chicken, depending on how much chicken's in the soup. So you're right. You'd have an easier math. You don't need seven ounces. You'd probably need a little less. Okay, good. That's, a, that's an excellent point. Okay, that's the uh, that's the sheet of the Marami Rutenberg. Now, in the Marami Rutenberg itself, one could declare, one could think about the following question. What if it didn't spread? I mean, the Marami Rutenberg was saying, if it did spread if it spread, so then we'll assume it ossered either ossered up to sixty, and then it ops, then it went up to another sixty times that amount. And if I have bittle, it's bottle. If not, not. What if it didn't spread? He's not sure based on the gemara. The gemara was inconclusive. What if it didn't really spread? It just stayed where it was. So in that case, you would have to kosher that pot. So many achronim learned in the Marama work. It could be he says it himself. I didn't look it up. That. That according to the Marami Rutenberg, you would have to kosher that part just in case we go with a bayah. Again, a bayah said it doesn't spread. It doesn't spread, so you don't have to kosher the entire pot. You have to kosher just that that part. So okay, kosher that part. Kosher that part. Take a blowtorch and uh, and kosher that part that got hit by the by, by the uh, by the soup. So that so sheet number one was that everything's bad, right? It goes up until it ossers, and it sequentially keeps ossering until you osser the entire pot. That's the concern. That's the smug. The Marat Marunberg said he's not sure, so you probably have to kosher anyways, kosher the pot. But if it spread, as long as you had shishim, time shishim of the droplet, which we called seven, eight ounces, that would suffice. Otherwise, it would, in fact, make it usser. Now we have the third opinion, which is the more nuanced approach, and that is the sheet of the smack. So not the smog, this is the smog, different, uh, different safer. The smog is safer mitzvahs hagadol. The smog is safer mitzvahs katan, different uh, bali toysvahsin. And he says, we differentiate between the following. Where exactly did the droplet fall? And if you call a rav, this is what he's going to ask you, because this is how we paskin, based on the smog. Did the droplet hit above the waterline? Or did it hit below the waterline? This is called keneged harotif, keneged the rotif, the uh, sauce, or keneged harekon, opposite the rekon, the empty part of the pot. I will point out that if the pot is covered, it's currently covered, so that's considered all mixed together. We saw this in Hilchah Shabbos. We spoke about it for a minute. We spoke about it in Hilchah That's called everything mixed together. And if, the, if it's covered, then it's all considered one big mixture, keneged harotif. Okay. What's the difference? So he says keneged harikon. If it's uh, if it's keneged, I'm sorry. If he says keneged haroitif, keneged the roitif where the sauce is, then we assume everything was bottle, and we'll see what that means. If it's keneged harikon, we have problems. What's the lumdus? What 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 is the difference between the rikon and the roitif? So we'll see what the smak says, and we'll we'll see. There's three different opinions, and that will be like the, the most of the rest of the share. So just to repeat. If it goes keneged harekon, the uh, empty part, so then we're concerned that it stayed where it was, and therefore there's a 
piece, part of the pot is usser. So he tells you, what should you do? If it spread into the rest of the soup, it went down and spread into the soup, I would have bitto. But maybe it didn't spread. We're not sure if it spreads or not. Maybe it didn't spread. It's sitting on the top half of the pot above the water line. So he says, don't be foolish. Wait for it to cool off. And that way you could pour out the soup and enjoy the soup. Because obviously the blia didn't spread. Because if it would have spread, it would have been bottle. And it's, we're concerned that it's still on the surface. It's still in the pot itself, the top half of the pot. And if you pour hot soup right over it, you're answering your soup because there's blias in this pot. However, if it's connected right if it's connected, if it's where the sauce is, then we would assume it goes into the soup and everything's bottle. How do we understand this? How does this, how do we, uh, what, what's, what's the lumdus over here? So I just want to bring out the three different opinions found in the Paiskin. The Shach, he says one of two things are happening. Again, it's, it's similar to what we said before. A, it spreads. B, it stays contained. So now, if it's connected right if, if it's, if the drop of soup fell below the waterline, so you have half, we'll call it half, half the pot is filled with broccoli soup, and you have a small amount of chicken soup falls on the side of the wall. Now you have to look, check the cameras, where did it fall? If it fell on on, on, on top, that's called connected Arakan. If it fell below the waterline, that's called connected Haraitif. If it's connected Haraitif, we assume that the blio went out. If it went out, it will be bottled into the soup itself, and the food is for sure fine. So, according to the, the way that the Shach understands it, when it's connected ha if it's connected to the sauce, it's by the, the part of the, that there's sauce there, then the food itself is going to be good. What about the pot? There's always a concern, according to the Shach, that it didn't spread. And maybe in a later cooking it's going to spread. But, but the food itself is always good. That's how the smack burns. What if it fell above the Reitif, on the top half of the, of the pot? So then we're not sure. We're not sure what happened. And therefore, we have to be concerned that when you pour soup on top, if you pour the soup out, it's going to be rubbing right against the the uh, the blia inside the pot. So therefore, Ellie, yeah. Ask a question: Can't you uh, take it uh, the soup out a different method? Yeah, like you, use a ladle. Uh, a ladle would you work. Know, a ladle would work, right? Good. I don't know. Why I didn't think of that. Or you could uh, drill a hole in it, and uh, you know. If you have a whole camp that's waiting for their soup. So, the different uh, different right. methods. But yeah, you can take a ladle because as long as you don't uh, you don't rub against it, that'll be fine as well. Good. The pricing the sauce, we'll talk about this towards the end of the shear. Could you pour the uh, the other half? Let's say you know what happened on the right side. Can you pour it out the left side? So it seems like you can't. But maybe we could be makel. We'll see in a moment. Okay, that's the shach. The taz is much more makel. And, and svara, it makes, it's, it's a beautiful svara. He says, Mimano shach. When the liquid, when the soup, sorry, the chicken soup drop falls on the side of the cream of broccoli soup, and it's kinegeta roitif, it's right on the same level as the liquid. So in that case, we said that if it went into the top shell, it's for sure bottle. The shach said you'd have to kasher the pot because maybe it didn't go out. The taz says imanoshach, if blias don't go out, if this 
droplet is such a weak does have such has such weak movement that it can't go into the soup now why would i assume the next time someone cooks with this pot it's going to go out it doesn't go out it's a weak shvacha drop either it went out and it went into the right into the broccoli soup and it's bottle bashishim or it's never going to go out according to the taz if it falls connected to tafshul you never have to kosher it obviously if it falls connected to harik on the empty part then you have to you know responsibly empty out the soup but make sure that you're not emptying it out while it's hot, because then you're going to have a problem of, of, uh, of the soup hitting the bliya. The Hazanish has a different mahalach, uh, a more uh, lamdish mahalach, and he says that in lamdish we could say when it's keneged haraytif, it's all considered one big thing. It's kuf echad. There's there's a soup on the opposite side of this wall that's considered kuf echad. It's one thing. So when a bliya, when a drop touches the side of the wall, it's all considered one big thing, and it's bata b'shishim. When it hits the, the top part of the pot, it's a separate entity. It's a it's, it's a it's a different goof, and therefore we would not that we would not have bittel automatically. And you have to concern yourself for chanan. It, it just hit one side of the wall, and that would be aser. So la halacha how do we paskin? So the mechaber says let let's look at this inside. In sif hey, tipas chalav shenafu ala kadera sheitzel aish mibachutz. So you have a kadera. You have a pot of uh, he has the opposite case of what I said, but let's say you have chicken soup, and a tipas chalo, the way the machaba brings it down, a drop of milk falls on the side of the soup. So im nafla can I get a tafshil? If it fell opposite the waterline, the tafshil, where the food is, ain tzarech alashishim can I get a tipa? All you need is 60 times in your pot of food against the droplet. Why? Shemeh fafes the flim. It, it goes in. Means it uh, gets absorbed, it spreads. As if it fell into the tafshul itself. Now, if it fell against a place that's rake on an empty part, then we are concerned. It gets absorbed, it spreads in the wall of the kadera. At some it doesn't get into the roitif. It went just a small, you know, one inch by one inch. We're not sure how much it spread. So what happens? That part of the kdera, you could take an X, you mark it off. That part of the kdera is aser. You would pour the soup against that part. You would make your soup aser because there's hanan on the on the wall of the keli, and you don't have you don't necessarily have shishim against it. And don't touch it until it cools off. So that's the halacha. So if you would call a, a, a rav, he will tell you like this. I'll ask you a few questions. Where did it fall? Now, it could be there are other, other questions he would ask you. You know, is it cold? Um, but let's assume you had a hot soup on the stovetop and a drop of milk fell on the wall. He's going to ask you, is it covered? If it's covered, that's all considered keneged uh, hatavshil, and therefore the food is fine. There'll be a chumrah based on the shach to kasher, the pot afterwards, but the food will be fine. Wait for it to cool off, right? The uh, if it fell keneged harekon, I'm sorry, sorry keneged hatavshil, you don't have to wait for it to cool off. It'll be fine. We'll assume that if it went in, it's going in, and it'll be bato. The shach holds you have to kasher the pot afterwards. The rabbi will tell you kasher the pot based on the shach. Although the tassels you don't have to, but according to the shach you would have to uh, have to kasher the pot. That's how the shulchan aruch paskins.
We have another kula here. The Ramah says, V'davka im hakdera yishana. That's only if the kadera is old. What does that mean? If it's old, if it's a used pot, so then there are actual bleas in the wall. So let's go back to what we've been learning the past few weeks. We said there's this new halacha called chaticha nasa which comes up by Basu Bukhalov. And by Basu Bukhalov, everyone agrees that when you have milk, meeting uh, meat, so you have Basu Bukhalov, and the whole thing becomes asr. And that's called chaticha nasa Now I need bitl against both this, this new entity called Basu Bukhalov. However, if there's no new Basu Bukhalov, then you don't need, then there's no chanan. So for example, if I had meat, that falls onto a pot, right? I just had a plain meat. That's not chaticha nasa nevela. Where's the chaticha nasa nevela when you have a pot? So what happened? What has to be is that inside this pot, there's absorbed taste, there's absorbed uh, flashics in the uh, in the pot, and when a drop of milk hits the absorbed flashics in the pot, it creates chaticha nasa nevela of absorptions in the pot, which we could say that's a chiddush. But yeah, let's assume that's what happens. That a drop of milk is meeting the bleus, the absorbed taste of meat, and that creates chatichanas nevela. But if I have a brand new pot, it's a brand new pot, and never was used for cooking, so then there's no absorbed taste in this pot to now become chatichanas nevela. The only way chatichanas nevela creates this, this bigger iser, right, this, uh, it, it quantifies the iser, instead of being a drop, now it's 60 times the amount, 59 times the amount, that's only if there's a blee inside, but there's no blee inside if it's a new pot. So then, the whole Indian ain't sarach shishim rak negativa shnafalov kidal kamon in simen sadiches kavikav. That's what the Ramah says. What's the obvious question on this? The obvious question is, how do you have a new pot? You're using it. It's on the fire. You're using you're using the pot right now. You're cooking soup in it. How is this called? Thank you so much. Welcome my right to find this sleep, right? He's not talking about Makamaraitis. Yeah, he's talking right. Shalayv Makamaraitis, correct. Okay, so to that, on that part, it never happened. Great. So the Shach has three Terutzim. So Terus number one is, is, is what you're saying, that as long as he didn't use, he didn't have a, he didn't make a full soup, he just made a, uh, a you know, a, um, a uh, pan that was only filled with a few ounces. So the Blia never traveled up, right? And therefore, and the tops of the wall, does, the, the top of the kale does not have absorbed taste. It's a brand new pot. It's the first time you're using it. Or, luckily, this is going to be the first time, even at Eina Binyama, we paskin, that as long as it wasn't used in the previous 24 hours for fleshics, so then, there's, even if it was used for parv, halacha is, that chaticha nas only applies when you have, on a rice level, when you have basar and chalav together. Or even bashari surim, when you have iser. But hetar doesn't make chaticha nas right? We spoke about, you had a drop of milk, Fell into a, um, you had almond milk, and you by mistake put a drop of milchic milk in the almond milk, right? And it's bottle, or no, sorry, it's not bottle. It's a two percent, right? So, does the almond milk now become chaticha nasa nevela of chalav? Unless someone by mistake used this almond milk for a meat sauce, for a gravy, do they need shishim against the entire almond milk, or just the one or the two percent of dairy? Halacha is just against the 2% of dairy because you know, they were both heter, they're both kosher. So let's say I have a pot and I only used it for corn, never used it for meat. Or even in the past 24 hours, I haven't used it for meat, I only used it for corn. So the bleas inside the pot are parv. 
and milchik going into power doesn't create chatichanas nevela. So the only time you have this issue is if you use the pot within the previous 24 hours for fleshiks. Now, there's two ways that you could have this being an issue. Either you had a pot that you used within the previous 24 hours for fleshiks, even if you're using parv now, you're making potatoes now, but in the walls there's taste of meat, so you could have basa of hitting each other in the wall, or right now you're cooking meat and you had a very uh, a high, you know, a big chalant and half it was eaten, but there were uh, bleas inside the wall, then it would be an issue. But it seems like according to the shach, this is how the chach masadam, and this is a very important question for the rough to ask you in this situation. Was this pot used uh, within the previous 24 hours for fleshiks? If it wasn't, even if you're cooking now, and you have to be careful, as long as you know that the meat never, the soup didn't, what was not originally at the height of where the drop fell. Again, this is Shalak and right? It's falling high above where the, where the sauce is now. And that's why we have a problem. Otherwise, there wouldn't be an issue. As long as the soup was never at that level, we could, and it wasn't covered, we could assume that this wall is is considered a new keli. doesn't have any bleas of isser or of fleshics inside the wall. And once again, you could be makel. So if you're taking notes, the, the, the way to review would be like this. If it falls kenegat haraitif, you're allowed to eat the... Again, that means a negative right to where the sauce is. You're allowed to eat it. No problem. We're going to say to be machmer and kasher the pot. I'm sorry. Yeah, to be machmer and kasher the pot. If it falls, can I get a rakon, the place where there is no no meat there? So you have a few out there. Remember one, if it's covered, that's called, can I get a right to? Even if it's not covered, if this pot was not used in the previous 24 hours for meat, and even if you're using meat now, as long as it, it never rose to that level and it wasn't covered, because if it's covered, we assume that that mixed, then it's considered a new pot. And as long as you have shishim against the dropper, which you always have, there's no problem. If you look at the pot itself, uh, why can't I just cover it now? Because it's just like I would do a golem. It would be the same concept as far as the pot is concerned. I can eat what's inside. All I'm doing is I'm, I'm being without the, what's the, what, the pot. So, the, so the, the challenge is that we're not sure how these things work. So if the, there is a suffix, it is one sop to say that when it hits the side of the pot and there's no top shell right opposite it, it's hitting the, the, the empty part, the raycon, it ossers that area. And it doesn't come out necessarily unless you kosher it. It's not going to come out into the soup. So, so when I cover it, I'm not, doing, I'm not actually koshering it? It's too late at that point. But I'm kosher, but that's how would I do it? If I'm doing water, I would kosher it, right? And I put Hanami, the pot of water. You would kosher, but now you can't kosher because maybe it made that section aser chatichanas novela, right? And you don't have shishim in your water against it. When you kosher, it's one of two things. Either you have 60 times the iser, or you're koshering it in a binyamite. Uh, right, right, right. Now let's have 60 times against it on the lower part of the pot. Putting a cover on it won't do it, you say. So one second, it depends. If you go with a smag... We don't know because it keeps spreading sequentially, right? But let's say you go with the Mordechai or with the Smak seemingly, that if I have 60 times 60, then in a Hanami, you would be able to kasher it. We'll see that in a moment. You're right. Then you would, you would in fact, be able to, to kasher it. Okay. You could also pour it out. So now, worst case scenario that we've given so far is where it wasn't covered, it hit the side, and 
it's I used this pot previously. There's a blia, a benyam and blia. Now the rabbi says, okay, you just made the wall of your pot usher. So you gotta be careful. You have kosher soup in a non-kosher keli. So what do I do, Rabbi? So the smack said, the smack said, Don't touch it until it cools off. But when it cools off, then you could eat it. Why? Because there's no blia in the whole pot. There's a blia on top of the pot, which didn't get spread. We're concerned that, that when you pour things over it, it's now going to wake it up and it's going to spread. So this halacha is seemingly a takana. Meaning, don't pour it at, at all. Don't pour it out. Even on the other side, perhaps you're uh, you're, you're going to have this. You're going to pour it on top of the place where it touched. Now, some person can say, "Well, we don't know how it spreads. Maybe it spreads uh, around. It doesn't spread, you know, in a square area. Maybe it spreads uh, circling the pot. That's that's you know definitely a concern. And therefore, halacha is you leave it until it gets cooled off. Now, what if someone poured it over by mistake? He didn't. Asked the rabbi, he thought it's battle, he poured it over. So, the halacha is, you can rely on the Mordechai, that as long as you had 60 times 60 of that drop, which was 7 ounces, so then you would, in fact, be able to pour pour it out. Then you shouldn't do the chachila, because we're, we're chayshish for the smak, that that um, we don't know how far it spreads, and maybe now you're going you're gonna to create this spreading, but the diavid, if a person did that, that would be fine. You'd be able to, as long as you had 7 ounces, Eight ounces against the droplet, that would be that would be okay. Now, if you look at Siv Vav in the Shulchan Aruch, we're not going to go through it. He brings down a minog that they were more machmer; they wouldn't even let you eat it after it cooled off, and the reason is they were concerned that even while it's sitting there. It's, it's bubbling. It was just on the fire. Now you shut off the fire. It's still hot. It's going to create a blia, and it doesn't work to cool it off. We, the minute is not like that. There's a, just one more, just to go to Siv Zion. This is important to know. Yesh mi shemata b'shatzachak. That, kvam er shabbos, afilu shlekenegera roitif, afilu shlekenegera eish, al yidei, al yidei shishim. As long as you have shishim against the, against just the, just the, Small amount, we could be meiko. This is against uh, what we've learned, but we could be meiko and assume the gross says, "Who you know? We don't we don't know that blias really spread in this case. The whole thing was a suffix in the first place. Who says it's chaticha nas and nevela nablia and b'shas a person uh, a person can be meiko as well. There's there's a few more halachas that come up. One of them is if it's kineged ha'ish mamish. Someone asked last week, what if it fell? right where the fire is. So we're talking about Kenegara Reitif. What if it spilled and it landed right where the fire, the flames are coming up? So in Halakha, it's Kenegara Eish Mamish. So then we say that the fire burnt any any blia. The Badi HaShulchan of Favakon, he points out that in today's kitchens, Kenegara Eish is not really Kenegara Eish. The fire is usually contained. It happens to be in commercial kitchens, especially in restaurants, you'll see that it's the fire is so big, it does surround the pot. Look at the bottom of these pots; they're 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 black from the fire surrounding it. And if a liquid would would fall uh, right near the fire, we would say the ash burns it up. It's a similar svar to what we spoke about previously regarding 
regarding having uh, stovetops that, that a regular you know gas stovetop could be used for both milchiks and fleishiks, um, because the any blea that would fall there, anything that would fall there would be burnt out by the by the fire. So in summary, what seemed like a very simple halacha regarding you know liquids falling you know falling on you know on the stovetop, you're you're making you know fleishiks and milchiks at the same time. We thought it should just be a simple batal bashishim. So we learned those halachas. If it falls inside the pot, the so regular soup, you have shishim against it. If it falls with the meat sticking out of the right tip, you have a machlekes rashi and ri, what's considered part of the soup, what's not considered part of the soup. But now we learned the other halacha. What if it falls outside of the pot? So what we have to ask ourselves is, is where exactly did this fall? Did it fall connected a right tip? Then the food is fine. Well, kasher l'chumra. If it fell connected ha-reikon, the empty part. So if it was a ben yoyma used for meat recently, within the previous 24 hours, or it was a, a, a full soup at one point, so in that case, lahalacha, we're going to paskin, let it cool off, let it cool off, and only then serve it. If you're creative, you can use a ladle, you could uh, drill a hole in the bottom, or if it's a shasad chak, as long as you have shishim against the ble- the, the original droplet, we'd be making, they could even pour it out and rely that the blia didn't really spread. The blia is not going to spread at this point. It never, it didn't spread until now. It's not going to spread, and that's how we paskin. So the shaila does come up, and uh, we went. There's a lot more. We just went through the highlights of of the sugya. So next week, Hashem, we're going to learn the halachas of ovens. We're going to learn the halachas of zeya, talking about blias traveling. So the steam, the steam created any issues. We'll talk about microwaves and ovens, Hashem, next week.